Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Christmas is Love, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on December 20th, 2015. Christmas is love. For God so loved the world that he, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe should not perish but have everlasting life. This morning as we continue in our series, as we look towards uh, the Christmas miracle, Jesus Christ, uh, we're going to talk about God's love, God's love for people, for all mankind. And really the, the depth of God's love is, is something that is just is so hard to grasp. It's so hard to understand how God could love us the way he does. And how he shows and has revealed his love through his son, Jesus Christ. That, that one passage there that we see on the screen says so much to us and communicates so much. You know, it's hard to really even grasp God's love for his people. God's love for his creation. Well, I love how um, A.W. Chozer says it. He says it like this. He says, I can no more do justice to this awesome and wonderful filled topic than a child can grasp a star. Still, by reaching towards the star, the child may call attention to it and even indicate the direction one must look to see it. And so, I, I myself stretch my heart toward the high, shining love of God so that we may be encouraged to look up and have hope. See, Christmas is God's love revealed to you and I. God showed his love through his son, Jesus Christ, by sending him to walk among us, to live among us, so that we can know his love. This verse in, in John three sixteen is a, a verse that, that we see in a lot of areas in our life, right? We see it on billboards every now and then. We see it on the back of bumper stickers. And, and usually if you even mention John 3.16, most people will go right to it and say, Oh yeah, I know that verse. I remember that one. Well, as I, kinda, as I prepared for this study uh, this last week, uh, in my mind I naturally thought, Well, you know, it's probably the most quoted verse ever and, and stands in the top ten of all verses. You know, we use it often. But sadly enough... As I did my research and I looked into different things, um, this verse here really isn't in the top 10 verses that we use. It's not the most quoted anymore. I kind of struggled with that this last week. I I thought about that as I I read this verse over and over and as I looked at the context of John chapter 3 and what Jesus communicated as he entered into this dialogue with Nicodemus. See, Nicodemus was a Pharisee and he had a lot of questions for Jesus because he had seen and even believed what Jesus had done. You know, Nicodemus came to Jesus and he says, I know that you are from God and you've done great things. How is it so? Tell me about this. And immediately Jesus gives him this, this dialogue and this understanding, which leads us to John 3.16. And he goes right into it and he says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son 
that whoever should believe, that whoever would believe, shall not perish but have everlasting life. You know, the dynamics of that, that one sentence, those 24 words, really to us, you and I as people, should speak r- profoundly and loudly. See, Jesus is telling us so much about God's love in this one verse. It's only one sentence, but it's packed with so much truth about God's love for you and I. See, the first thing that, that we see here, we get about five truths, and there's probably a whole lot more. If you, if you studied the one verse, you could probably pull out so many other truths that Jesus is communicating as he gets into this dialogue. The first thing that we see is God's love is unconditional. Jesus says, for God so loved the world. See, the Greek word for world is cosmos. And the definition for that is is this. It's the ungodly multitude, the whole mass of men alienated from God and therefore hostile to Jesus Christ. See, when Jesus is speaking towards God's love, he's saying this love is for those that don't believe. His love is for those that that are hostile towards me. He's saying, God loves His enemies. See, this world that God created, you know, it's not the things in the world. It's not the trees and the plants and all those things. Yes, he He was satisfied when He created and He said, this is good. But see, God finds His joy in the people, in creation, in the individuals, so much so that he shows his love for even those that don't believe in him, that don't walk with him and don't trust in him. See, that that right there in itself, that little phrase, for God so loved the world, should really just open our eyes and help us to understand and see the depth of this love that God has shown us through his Son. See, in just a few short days, we're, we're going to celebrate. We're going to gather together, maybe with family, maybe with friends, maybe just even by ourselves. And we're going to celebrate things. We're going to acknowledge that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, for the world, for all people. See, the, the depth of God's love it's so huge and it's sometimes it's, it's even so just so hard to comprehend and, and to understand why God would love us. It really is. See, C.S. Lewis said this about Christianity and I think he nails it when he says it. He says, Christianity uniquely claims God's love comes free of charge. No strings attached, no other religion not Buddhism, not Hinduism, not anything else makes this claim. See, God loves us right where we stand. God loves us in the midst of our sin. God loves those that are disobedient, those that are unbelieving in who He is and who His Son is. And He proves His love to us through His Son. So if God's love for us is unconditional, how do we respond to this love? 
How do we respond to this, this great love that God has for us? Do we respond? Well, we have love because we have to understand the second thing that God does is God's love is sacrificial. See, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave. I love what uh, Philip Yancey says. I don't know if you've read any of, of his, his material, but he says it like this, and this is probably the greatest thing he's said. He says, There's nothing that we can do to make God love us more. And there's nothing that we can do to make God love us less. Isn't that cool? Do you believe that this morning? I hope you do. I hope when you think about John 3.16, you think about that one little statement that I can do nothing to make God love me more, nor can I do anything to cause God to love me less. See, God's love is unconditional. And it's also sacrificial. See, here in this simple verse, it says that He gave. He loved, so He gave. I use the ESV Bible. I don't know what version you use. I, I like the ESV. And in my version, there's a little footnote at the bottom of it. And it simply says this. It says, For this is how God loved the world. See, this is how He loved you and I. Is He gave. God sacrificed. God loved us by giving us, by serving us, by sacrificing for you and I. What a beautiful picture of love. You know, it's, it's, it's at times just hard to understand that God would give us His Son so that we could have so much. See, God shows us this true love and He reminds us it's nothing that we can do to earn or gain. You know, we can work hard. We can be the best person on this earth. We can do all the right things. But without Jesus Christ, there is no salvation. See, because God gave. God gave us what we needed for salvation through His Son, Jesus Christ. God shows us through His Son how to give sacrificially, how to do it in our own lives. Not only do we love unconditionally, but we give sacrificially. I want to ask you this morning, it's rhetorical, okay? Remember that. When I ask you a question, most times it's rhetorical. How much money do you have in your wallet this morning? How much money do you have in your bank account? How much money do you have in your retirement fund? And for the kids, how much money do you have in your piggy bank or stuffed in your sock drawer? Well, think about all the wealth that you have right now. Think about all the dollars. And, and statistics prove, you may not agree with this, but statistics prove that, that you and I here in America, we, we are in the top 10%, if not the top five. You know, they say that if we have $20 or access to $20, we are among the wealthiest people in the world. Can you believe that? So we have. So I want to ask you this. Would you take all that you have and gather it together, put it into one big pile, and would you give it to somebody? Yeah, thank you. Because that, that was my next statement. The answer is easy. Say it again. 
No. <laughs> it is. But we have to see that this one verse, this one passage, this one sentence, Jesus is reminding us that God gathered everything that was valuable to him and he gave it to us. He gave it to us. God gave. You know, God's love is, is sacrificial. That's why Christmas is love. Love defined comes through Jesus Christ. Love revealed comes through Jesus Christ. The power of the name of Jesus Christ is a name above all names. It's one that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. That Jesus Christ is what? He is Lord, Master. See, Christmas is love. It's God's love revealed to us. And it's sacrificial. See, God gave because of his love for you. And his love is valuable. See, the third truth that we see here is God's love is valuable. It said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And I I want you to kind of look at those three words there. I want you to really think about them. It says to us, his only son. His only son. See, those three words right there give us the value of the Father's love for you and I. It helps us to understand how valuable you are to God. How valuable our cousins are, our children are. That's not proper English, is it? Our children are. It helps us to understand the value that God has placed on mankind. Because remember, for God so loved his enemies that he gave. And what did he give? He gave his only son. See, that's value. That's placing value on something. God has placed his value on you and I. How many times have you, in your lifetime, and you don't have to raise your hands for this, how many of you said that, you know what, I can't give this away because it's my only one? You know, for those of you that are cooks, maybe you have one special pot that you use, you know, or maybe you have one special tool that you use, guys, in, in the garage that you build stuff with, and, and you see someone else that could use it, or have it, but you know what, I just can't give it to them. Because remember, God's love is valuable for us. You know, God placed value on you and I. He's given us. He's given us everything that we need. And He's given it to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. You know, this simple sentence here reminds us of that. He loved us so much that He was willing to give the only thing that He valued. And He has value in His Son. Because remember, if we go back to the, to the Genesis story, Jesus was with God. Jesus was there at creation. Jesus was a part of creation. And we don't know the, the backstory behind that. You know, we don't know the prequel to before Genesis 1 there. But we can understand a little bit that, that, that Jesus and God were there. And so God looks upon his people. He looks upon mankind and he says, it's a wonderful thing. He says, I love I love what I've created. I've loved what I've done here, what I've done here. And he says, I love it so much that I'm going to give my only son to show them so that they may see the depth of that love. 
See, that's what Christmas is. The birth of Jesus Christ has such a significance in our lives as believers. You know, the, the death of Jesus Christ has such a significance in the life of believers. See, God gave His only Son. You know, I thought about it this week. I have two kids, as many of you know. Um, there's times when I want to give them away. Yes, there is. I've I just got to be honest. I'm standing before you, so I cannot lie. I love my kids. There is no question. I love my kids. I, I would die for my kids. I, I would, and, and that's not even joking. I, I would surrender my life. I, w- I would take my life before I would let my kids go. And I bet you most of you would agree with that. But to think about this, to really ponder the aspect of his only son. I've got two. I've got a son and a daughter. And I couldn't imagine having to give up or being willing to give up one of them for someone else. I want you to think about this as you chew on that because it's not as simple as saying, well, you know what, I love this person a little bit more, so yeah, I can give them for him because, yeah, you know, that's not the equation that God created here. See, God's saying, I'm giving you my only son for those that are my enemy. For those that are against me. And he does it for a reason. He does it because he wants him to see this love that he has for them. He wants them to understand. He wants you and I to understand this depth of this love for what he's done by creating us. See, God sees that there's this gap. And in the midst of that gap is sin. And it's separated us from him. See, in some versions of the Bible it says... Um, his only begotten son, right? Well, I think in today's time, the proper sentence would be his only forgotten son. You know, we've forgotten Jesus here. We don't use his name because we're afraid to to offend and and to to hurt people's feelings. This last week, I I had a a gentleman that I had the privilege to meet and it was just you know, nothing deep, no deep conversation, you know, kind of stuff. And as he was exiting, um, I just said, hey, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. And he immediately just stopped. And he turned around and he looked at me and he says, well, thank you, but I don't do Christmas. I'm of another faith. But I appreciate the fact that you would say that. See, it's a name that has been forgotten. A name that that we're fearful for whatever reason to use. But the truth is, is that name speaks loudly. That name captures people. It helps them to see and understand and to know this God that we serve. This God that's created all mankind. See, God's love is so valuable that he gave us his greatest possession. He gave us Jesus Christ. And let's not forget that. Let's not forget that. Let's say his name. Let's share Jesus with everyone around us. 
Because that name is valuable. This love is valuable. See, God's love is not merely some philosophy or something that you and I just kind of made up and just sounds good, so let's go do it. No, there is truth. Truth in this love. There is truth in this name. And it's a reminder of God's great love for you and I. See, God, Jesus, Christmas, it is love. And it shows its value through His Son, Jesus Christ. See, that's why, because of what Jesus did for us, God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. That's why you and I, that's why all people have access to God. See, God is accessible to you and I. See, back in the day, going Old Testament, there was a a priest that that had to kind of enter into the the tabernacle and they entered into the courts and, and kind of offered all the sacrifices for the people on behalf of the people. And there were some rituals and some things that, that had to happen before he could go into the courts there, before he could enter into the Holy of Holies. See, remember that, that chasm that I shared with you a minute ago? and You know how sin separated us from God? See, what Jesus did is he brought us back to God. See, he gave us access to God. See, that was God's design. God's plan for his people. That we would be in relationship with him. That there would be this oneness, this unity. You know, if you read the New Testament, or when you read it, should I say, because I believe that you do read it. When you read the New Testament, as you read God's word, you see how Jesus and the apostles and everyone that shares God's, God's message for us as people, it talks about this unity of Christ, this unity of spirit, this unity in the body of believers. Because God wants to have intimacy and he wants us to have intimacy with each other. See, God has given us access. It says here that, that whoever believes in him. Now, I, I just, I, I love that. I, I love the fact that, that I can come into the presence of God no matter where I'm at. I hope that that um, my prayer is that that all believers would feel that confidence and know that trust that we have access to God. You can come to me as a pastor. You can come to all the pastors here in this church. You can come to the people sitting next to you, and you can have access to them. You can pray with them. They can pray for you. They can pray with you. But the greatest joy, the greatest pleasure that we find is that access to our Heavenly Father. See, and Jesus created that for us. God sent His Son, His only Son, so that you and I, that whoever would believe, would have access to Him. I think that's such an amazing thing. If you would, uh, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. The writer of Hebrews here he gives us, you know, he talks about belief and unbelief, but he gives us the cure for unbelief. Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 14. He says this. Since then, we have believers 
a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. And who is that high priest? Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And then verse 16, I just love what it says here. It says, Let us then, because of Jesus Christ, paraphrasing this a little bit, just in case you're wondering what version I'm using, let us then, because of Jesus Christ, because of the Savior, let us come with confidence. Let us draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, the birth of Jesus Christ is what gives us access to our God. See, Christmas' love and God's love is accessible to you and I. It's for all people. See, remember the beginning of this verse, it says, for God so loved the world. He loved all people. See, and because of this love, because of his demonstration through his son, Jesus Christ. God's love, it's beneficial. And I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not a prosperity gospel guy, just so you know that. I'm not going to tell you if, you if you give more, God's going to buy you a mansion. But I will tell you, if you give more of your heart, Jesus says there is a mansion awaiting for you in heaven. All right? So, in lieu of that, we know that there are benefits to walking with God. We know that God has rewards prepared for you and I. And some of those rewards we'll experience here on earth. Some of those things we'll experience here because we'll have joy, we'll have peace, we'll have life and life more abundant. And the list goes on and on. I'll let you fill in the blank from there. But we have rewards. God has promised us so many things. There are benefits to this love that God has for you and I. And Jesus reminds us of that. He says that whoever believes in Him, and here's the benefit. Here's how or why God's love is beneficial. It says, if you believe in Him, you, sh- you should not perish, but have eternal life. So I, just kind of a, a you know, don't, don't answer it out loud, but just cheer your own self. Do you, do, you, do you ever think about that part of that passage? You're, you're in your mind, think about, like, I get to go to heaven. I, I get eternal life. Do, do, you, ever, do you ever do that? And I know in this world, I know that the, the, the aspect of death causes fear. There's no question. And I think the reason why the aspect of death causes fear is because we've never experienced it before, right? It's like getting on a roller coaster. We're so afraid of it and we look at it and think, no way. You know, when, I, when, I was, uh, when my kids were little, I was a great dad. 
I told my kids, as soon as you're tall enough, which meant they were like 17 or 18, as soon as you're tall enough, that big roller coaster, you're getting on it. And both my kids said, there's no way I'm getting on that roller coaster. There's no way. And so sure enough, that time came, their 18th birthday. We got in line. They passed the height requirement with a little bit of help from some wedgie shoes. They got on that roller coaster and they were scared to death. A little tear here and there on the way, standing in line, because, you know, the anticipation of all of it, you know, as you're standing in line there. They got on that roller coaster and I tell you what, they got off that roller coaster. And I know it's not true for everyone, but my kids fell in love. They fell in love. You know, the, the aspect of death is scary. There's no question. But I got to imagine the aspect of eternal life in heaven is got to want to make us want to do it over and over again. An eternity in the presence of God, the joy, the peace, everything that, that God's word, that Jesus tells us, that all the prophets and the apostles speak towards, the rest that they promise us in heaven. That's, that's the greatest benefit of this, this journey that God has us on. See, that, that's what Christmas is. Christmas is God's love and the benefits of it. See, God created you and I to be in relationship with Him. See, God, God didn't send His Son to condemn us, but He sent Him to save us. Do you get that? I hear an amen on that one. All right. I want, I want to make sure that, that you guys go away from here this morning knowing that, that God didn't send His Son to condemn the world. God sent Him to save the world. But I also want you to know there'll be a time when we all sit at the judgment seat. Each and every one of us. I want you to know that, that God will judge this world. There's no question. The Bible's very clear. It talks about God's judgment. The Bible tells us that, that God, God disciplines those that He loves. And in the same way as parents, we should discipline our children. So there is judgment. But I, I want you to note the difference between being judgmental and judging. Okay? Because there is a difference. So, being judgmental is someone that usually has a spirit of looking at others and finding all the wrong in them and almost celebrating it. Almost saying, hey, you know what? Man, that guy's messed up. He's a mess. And they walk away from that. See, when God judges us, He looks at us and says, Floyd, you're a mess. Man, you've walked away. You're so far from me right now. But you know what? I love you. I love you so much. I'm going to give you my son. I'm going to show you the depth of my love by sacrificing my son so that you don't have to be sacrificed. See, the Bible is very clear. It tells us the wages of sin is death. And, and what is the enemy of God death 
See, that's why He sent His Son to, to conquer and defeat death because that's the enemy of God. And then we go to Romans. And it tells us very clearly that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, God's judgment was placed on Jesus Christ. He bore the weight of sin upon Himself, all by Himself. God gave. God sacrificed. And we get to reap the benefits of that love, that grace. See, Christmas is love. And the result of this love, if I choose to accept it, is that I could have eternal life. You know that Psalm 1611, in your presence there is fullness of joy and there are pleasures forevermore. It's not just pleasures here on this earth, but it's pleasure forevermore. It's eternal. And we should grasp that. I, I can understand the fear, but also the excitement, the exhilaration of knowing that we could have eternal life through our, His Son, Jesus Christ. So knowing what we know this morning, as we read this verse, as we think through John 3.16, knowing that God loves us so much, knowing that God has given us everything because of how important we are to Him, knowing that you and I have a choice to make, a decision that we're confronted with, I want to ask you this. What will you choose? Will you choose to believe? Will you believe in His Son who was the ultimate expression of God's love for all mankind, for each and every one of us? By choosing to believe, by choosing Jesus Christ, you gain access to God. And it's not this this magical prayer that we pray. It's simply a prayer of trust, of honesty, saying, God, I believe in what you did, how you showed your love to all mankind through your Son, Jesus Christ. And God, you know what? I don't completely understand that. I have yet to even grasp a portion of it. But you know what? I will trust it. I will believe it. And I will move towards it. Will you do that? Will you help others to do that? Will you bring the value back into this one simple verse that Jesus shares with us as He reminds us, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever would believe in Him should not perish but have eternal life? Will you do that this morning? Will you commit to that? As we close here, I want to encourage you to look up and have hope. When you celebrate on Thursday night, all day Friday, all day next year, 365, look up to God and just say thank you. 
Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you that you gave your only son, that you placed that kind of value not only on me, but you placed that value on those that are around me. And God, help me to see them just like you see them. Will you pray with me? Father, we we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this wonderful dialogue that Jesus had with Nicodemus. There's so much in here. But the greatest piece, the greatest thing that we can take away this morning is the reminder of how deep your love is for each and every one of us, for all of your creation, for all of mankind. Lord, we we stand in awe of that. We praise you for that. Lord, thank you that, that you loved us so much, that you are willing to give. Thank you so much that that you are willing to love. Father, this morning, if if there's anyone here that um, just needs to know the hope of Jesus Christ, that needs to just have a deeper understanding of, of this love that you have for each and every one of us, Father, I, I pray that, that they wouldn't go away from here wondering or still questioning, but I pray that they would walk away from here just knowing and trusting and take those steps to to walk with you, Father, to to understand more, to to open up your word and and to to meet with other believers and just ask the questions and, and talk just like this man Nicodemus did. Father, I pray that, that you would just continue to reveal yourself to us. Continue to remind us of your son Jesus Christ and the depth of of the love that you showed us not only through the birth, not only by sending him in flesh, but also the reminder of the price that Jesus paid for us on the cross. See, he paid our debt. Our debt has been paid. Our response is just to choose, to trust, and to believe. Father, help us to do that. Give us courage. Give us boldness. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We give you glory and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for worshiping with us this morning. We're going to sing another song. But uh, in just a few moments, we're going to take up our our offering. If you're a first-time guest or you're new to Soul Rio, if you haven't done this yet, would you mind filling out the little communication card, dropping it in the basket? Um, If you've made a decision whether it was today or in the, the previous weeks or if you're even wrestling through what is my next step as a believer, would you mind putting a little note in there for us? Uh, our pastoral team, we pray over these things every week. We have a team of people that pray for everyone in our church and specifically for any requests. And uh, we'd love just to, to get to know you and reach out to you. If there's any way that we can help you, any way that we can show you God's love, uh, we'd love to do that. But if you don't give us that information... We don't know how to do that. So we'd ask that you would do that. Drop that in the basket. God bless you and have a Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone 
at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.